0: Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello and welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I get the most questions about carbohydrates, which I'm not surprised about because there's so much conflicting information and people want the answers. I understand that completely, but I interestingly get the second most questions about artificial sweeteners or non-nutritive sweeteners. In fact, I get so many questions about these two topics that I decided and recently launched a killer e-course, a course you can take online, to answer all of your questions about carbohydrates, artificial sweeteners, and fat loss. I've pulled out all the information, specific strategies for improving your carb tolerance, which carbs you should have, at which times for optimal fat loss, which ones you should avoid and when, alcohol, fruit, wheat, gluten, recipes, meal ideas, how to get rid of cravings, and how to respond more intelligently to cravings when they come up, You name it. I put it all in there because you guys told me you needed it. You asked so many incredible questions, and I want to help all of you get this information in a really linear way that makes a lot of sense, that isn't overwhelming, and that gives you practical strategies you can implement one by one. So that class is going to get pretty much everybody into fat-burning mode if you listen to the lectures and implement the strategies It's going to help you to bust through your plateaus, crush your cravings. You absolutely have to check it out. I'm really excited about it. It's the first time I've done anything like this. And if you're one of the first 100 people to sign up, you will save big. Um, The course is typically $79, but you guys can get it for $49 if you're one of the first to sign up. And here's the thing. This course will give you daily access to me. You can ask questions in the discussion forum. I'll be in there every day. And you have lifetime access to the material if you're one of the first 100 people for only $49. So anytime I update or add things, you get it for free and you can access it on your iPhone, your iPad, any smartphone, any computer. So you can take it with you on the go, which I think is pretty cool. But for today... I'm gonna tackle one of these topics which has been requested almost daily and that is artificial sweeteners. Companies began creating these alternatives to traditional sugar as a way to counterbalance some of the effects of sugar on blood sugar levels and because people who are looking for weight loss and fat loss wanted to give up or limit sugar without having to give up sugary things. And before I dive in, I'm going to climb up on my soapbox for a second because I can because it's my show. Um, If you're choosing whole foods and working to make great choices and pursue health and fat loss, I totally understand why you're asking questions about artificial sweeteners and if they help or if they hurt. Kudos to you for asking questions and I'm happy to answer them. But If you are someone who isn't worried about the Hostess cupcake or the Doritos or the Pop-Tart, but you're raising warning flags about Crystal Light and Diet Coke, you're kind of missing the point. So I want to remind everybody to focus on the big rocks. And if you're focusing on the big rocks and you're making progress there, then you can move towards worrying about the smaller rocks or making changes with the smaller rocks. But everything is really along a spectrum, right? And on the far left of the spectrum are your frankenfoods, the pure chemical stuff, the stuff you look at and you couldn't even begin to derive it from the whole food that it came from. I mean, you can look at a potato chip and go, okay, that came from a potato. It was processed along the way to different degrees, but it started as a potato. You look at a Pop-Tart and you think, that came from a factory? Pure and simple. Chemical creations, frankenfoods, which makes me want to sing, she blinded me with science, but I won't, I promise. Not right now, maybe later. Anyway, are you concerned about artificial sweeteners because they're artificial? Because they are chemically altered? Because how do you define artificial? If you define artificial as processed, then... Unless you're eating raw cane sugar or pure unprocessed honey, then you're stepping outside of the lines. So don't be concerned just to be concerned. Do you get what I'm saying? Ask yourself why you're concerned. Because if you think that table sugar is better than, say, I don't know, um, uh, sucralose, it's still processed. So I'm not saying don't be worried about it. I'm just saying don't be an alarmist without cause, understand why you're concerned so that you can address that concern. Are you concerned because they're chemically processed? Is it because there's some research suggesting that they're dangerous? We have to look at all research on any topic very carefully because honestly, most research is garbage. It's poorly designed or it's run by groups that have very extreme biases, like a sugar company paying to prove that artificial sugars are dangerous because that helps their cause. Or a lot of research is done on rats and exclusively on rats. And I'm sorry, rat metabolism has nothing to do with human metabolism, and I want to emphasize, I'm not telling you not to worry about artificial sweeteners. I'm just saying don't be a bandwagon fear because the reality is that you can find scary articles or entire books written on just about every food there is out there telling you not to eat them. And if you get caught up in the fear without using your own mind and your own body to influence your decision or without regard to what's good science, what's bad science, and what's pure opinion, then what's happening is you'll waste so much precious energy that you won't have any energy left to make changes and improvements. So don't invest your energy in fear and worry, but in action. If I could sum up my message on artificial sweeteners before we even get into the nitty gritty details, which I will get to, to, I would say this, let your body be your guide. First and foremost, if you're concerned, avoid them. If it's stressing you out, avoid them. You don't need them. But beyond that, pay attention to how they affect you. If you're concerned, do a really basic elimination test. Go a few weeks without them and monitor your progress towards your goals, your hunger, your cravings, your mood, your energy level. How do you feel? If you feel better, there's your answer, right? The more you want sweet stuff, the more you introduce sweet stuff, the more your body is going to crave it. So that is another important part of the equation. If you know you have an issue with sugar and that's part of your weight problem, then going for these sugar-free alternatives doesn't address your problem. You need to reduce your dependence on those sweet things. Once we taste something sweet, our brains are programmed to make us want that more, and sometimes... These non-nutritive or artificial sweeteners make that worse because the brain, when it's introduced to something sweet, craves sugar, but you're sort of teasing it. You're robbing it. It didn't get those calories it was looking for, so it upregulates cravings in some people. And I emphasize, in some people, you have to pay attention to your body, okay? Everybody is going to have a different response. Let's dive into some of the details, and I like to refer personally to these things as non-nutritive sweeteners instead of artificial, because honestly, unless we're talking about eggs, raw dairy, meat, fruit, and vegetables, just about everything is artificial, okay? It is processed in some way, and artificial is misleading, because people think processed, and Regular white sugar is processed. Stevia is processed. So in my, in my opinion, it's just not a very descriptive word, but it is a common one. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep it in there so people understand what we're talking about. But non-nutritive refers to these sweeteners that don't contain calories, or if they contain calories, we cannot absorb them. So there's no caloric impact. And that's really why they have such broad appeal. Like I said at the beginning, people want to cut back on sugar without cutting back on sweets. For me personally, because I like to share my story and my process with all of you, I think it's a good idea to avoid both most of the time, okay? But I'm not going to make that decision for you. If you have an issue with sweets, and if you do, you know you do, then creating alternatives that make you still get that that hit, right, that foster your continued dependence may not be the best long-term strategy for you. But if you don't have an issue with it and you just like to introduce that sweetness every once in a while, I think that that's totally fine and there are a spectrum of choices. There are good, better, best, and of course, terrible options. So let's take a closer look at these non-nutritive sweeteners one by one. And we're not going to get into honey and agave and all those things in there because they provide calories and we're sticking primarily to the non-nutritive ones. We will talk about sugar alcohols because they're largely non-nutritive to different degrees, uh, but they, in a broad sense, fall into this category. So the first one we're going to talk about is saccharin. And that is commonly found in sweet and low, the little pink packets, Saccharin is derived from petroleum, and it was one of the original non-nutritive sweeteners that came on the scene several decades ago. And it initially got a bad rap from rat studies. And essentially, this is what happened. There were some studies done where rats were given extremely high doses of saccharin, and the rats developed bladder cancer. People who write about saccharin will extrapolate that the same thing will happen in humans. However and I really want to emphasize this, credible research has proven repeatedly that this mechanism within the rats doesn't correlate to humans. So in a lot of these rat studies, the equivalent would be for humans to consume gallons of these sweeteners every day to produce the same result. And regardless, the mechanism that was causing the cancer in the rats doesn't work that way in humans. So these studies have largely been debunked. However, Non-nutritive sweeteners as a whole are relatively new on the scene, so it's tough to assess long-term impact because we haven't established what happens over the long term, and that's the case with anything new. That doesn't mean we should fear everything new, it just means that we need to proceed with caution, and you have an individual choice here. You can assume for everything that you're going to assume it's guilty until proven innocent, right, or vice versa. But that needs to be based on your own personal convictions and your own body. Listen to your body. I know I say that over and over and over again, but it's because people continue to ask specific questions about, should I have this? Can I do this? I don't know. Can you? Listen to your body. Then there were some observational studies done in the 1980s, and this is the way they worked, and it kind of, you know, I'm a science geek, so these kind of make me laugh, but basically the researchers concluded that over this specific period of time, the incidence of brain cancer had risen, as had the consumption of non-nutritive sweeteners, and so they concluded that non-nutritive sweetener consumption leads to brain cancer, However, those studies have also been discredited because they never even evaluated whether the people who had been diagnosed with brain cancer ever even consumed non-nutritive sweeteners. So that's like the equivalent of saying people age over time and people consume vegetables. So consuming vegetables causes aging. Come on now. We have to look at science from a questioning perspective. Does it suggest a relationship? Does it prove a relationship? Are there other factors? Did they control for all variables? If you aren't sure, don't sweat it. You don't need to focus on the small rocks and you don't need to become a researcher. I personally think artificial sweeteners in general are a small rock when compared to, when compared to the bigger choices of quality nutrition throughout the day. Right, So I don't think you need to go all in and fear everything that isn't straight from the ground or straight from an animal. You need to first focus on the big rocks of fat loss nutrition, right? It doesn't mean that then you can say yes to all the garbage out there, but just make sure you have your priorities straight in terms of what is a really important focus and what is something that you could get hung up on and waste energy on. Always keep in mind that less processed trumps processed, right, trumps more processed, and the path to longevity and overall health will always be smoother if you're choosing more natural versus artificial anything, anything. All right, let's talk about aspartame. Equal and NutraSweet are the common brand names we can associate with aspartame, and we said that saccharin is derived from petroleum. Aspartame is two amino acids, and you'll remember that amino acids are the building blocks for protein, plus an alcohol. So it's phenylalanine, aspartic acid, those are the two amino acids, and methanol. Doesn't truly have alcohol, right? It just has an alcohol component. Aspartame does have more than 20 safety studies conducted by the FDA, but I want to emphasize that the, that aspartame and all non-nutritive sweeteners are relatively new on the scene, so we really only can evaluate the short-term impact, right? But it's also fair to say that we don't know the long-term effects of the ridiculous amount of hormones and antibiotics found in conventional dairy products, right? So we have to be open-minded, balanced, and unbiased, Okay. So aspartame is about 200 to 400 times sweeter than regular sugar, which is crazy, crazy. And the FDA, though there are safety studies, has published, and I'm going to link to this in the show notes over on primalpotential.com, the FDA has listed about 92 known side effects associated with what they call toxicity, overconsumption to any degree. And this is... I mean, with 92, it's pretty much anything you can imagine. Nausea, diarrhea, dizziness, ringing in the ears, a little bit of everything. And it is recommended that children and pregnant women do not consume it, okay? And let me say a word about the show notes. I've gotten a lot of questions about people saying they don't know where the show notes are. They're not in iTunes or Stitcher. Every time I mention the show notes, I say they're on primalpotential.com, and I say that because that's where they are. So if you go to primalpotential.com, on the homepage, there's a tab called podcast. If You click that tab, all the show notes listed by episode with the most recent episodes appearing at the top are right there, okay? So I'm going to link to these 92 known side effects, um, and the list might be more than that now, but the link that I have is about 92 on the show notes page under the podcast tab at primalpotential.com. All right, let's talk about sucralose. Sucralose makes some people feel more comfortable because instead of originating in a lab, it originates as real sugar. And then it goes to the lab. So it's not, it's not really all that different in that way. But basically, they take real sugar and they swap out the hydroxyl groups or the groups of hydrogen and oxygen and replace them with chlorine, Why chlorine? Because we can't metabolize it, right? Which is what makes it non-nutritive. We can't absorb it and utilize the energy. And sucralose is what is found in Splenda, okay? So it is still highly artificial, highly processed. It starts as sugar, but it obviously is not sugar. Chlorine has replaced the hydroxyl groups, and that makes it unable to be absorbed in the body then there are sugar alcohols. Now, these are basically a carbohydrate type that can't be absorbed. And they and I want to emphasize that they occur naturally in some fruits in small amounts and they also are not completely calorie-free. So this is sort of like the caveat to non-nutritive. Depending on the type of sugar alcohol, the absorption rate varies from about 50% uh, for xylitol, sorbitol is about 80%, and erythritol is almost 100%. So you almost get um, no calories from erythritol. Uh, and they are naturally occurring in some foods and they, despite their name, they do not contain any alcohol. Okay. They do not contain any alcohol. And some of the things that you might see on labels, um, they're going to end in ol, ol, And that's how you know that it is an alcohol. All right. Uh, but again, not truly containing like booze. Manitol, sorbitol, xylitol, erythritol, malatol. Here's the thing I want you to really know about these things. They are tough on your tummy. Seriously, bloating, gas, diarrhea. Um, You can can get in the range of if you stay under 10 grams, then you're probably not going to have that GI upset. Some people will if they're more sensitive, but man, you go over that. You could be wrecking your stomach. I mean, you could be in the bathroom for days. So be really careful with these sugar alcohols because they are tough on your tummy for real. Uh, They do not impact blood glucose or insulin in most human studies that have been done. And this is really true for most of these things across the board. And we'll talk a little bit about that in just one second. Um, before we do though, let me mention stevia, okay? Stevia is the one that people say is natural because it comes from an herb, the stevia plant, and it's usually available in a powder form or a liquid extract, but white stevia has been bleached. So it too, my friends, is chemically altered. If you are buying the green powder, then that is a true derivative of the herb. So if you're a purist and you're like, I'm not doing anything that's been processed or chemically altered in any way, and your real only option is going to be like, for for non-nutritive, it's going to be the green powdered stevia. Some people say that stevia has a real bitter aftertaste. Uh, It depends on the stevia. The science geek in me from my supplement days, there are more refined but read more highly processed forms of stevia where they don't have that bitterness. So like if it's like a 95% or 97% ribodicide A, which refers to the stevia plant, that is going to be less bitter um, than less processed or more natural extracts of stevia, okay? So stevia is naturally occurring, but it is processed. So I just want to make sure, not all of it, unless you're buying the green powder though, it is processed. Now, a lot of people want to know about whether or not these non-nutritive sweeteners impact your blood sugar, okay? And I want to say this, for the most part, for the most part, as a general rule of thumb, there are always exceptions, they do not raise your blood sugar. That does not mean that they don't impact your insulin. Do they impact insulin significantly? No, not in most people, but let me explain something. There is something called the cephalic phase insulin response. The cephalic phase insulin response. And what that means is when you introduce something sweet to your mouth, okay, say it's diet soda or even sugar-free gum or these uh, sugar-free chocolates packed with sugar alcohols, Your body responds in anticipation of something sweet. Your body and your brain are saying, "Up! Oh, you've introduced something sweet. It doesn't know yet that it isn't real sugar, and so your body will produce a small insulin response in anticipation of a rise in blood sugar that never comes. Now, this cephalic phase insulin response is mild in most people. It is mild in most people, so for most people it's not gonna be taking them out of fat-burning mode. Remember, You can tell this for yourself. You can tell this for yourself. What some people see with artificial sweeteners of any kind, or they might experience it with only certain ones, is that they experience more cravings or decreased satiety. And there is research supporting that individuals who regularly consume artificial sweeteners have fewer satiety signals or feelings of fullness, Okay, that is real, true, legit research. And there is also research that shows that people who consume artificial sweeteners have more cravings for sweet things. And remember, I started with that. The more sweetness you introduce to your body, the more your body wants it and craves it. And I was talking to a client a few weeks ago, and I said, imagine that there is like, because there truly is a region in your brain that responds this way, but imagine like there's this little monster in your brain, right? And the more you feed the monster sugar the more the monster wants sugar. So more sugar, the monster gets louder and stronger. You're fueling it, and it's going to bug you more and more and more. Like the monster's getting restless. The monster's getting irritated. The monster is screaming at you to feed it sugar. Or you can choose to starve the monster and not give it sugar and take away its power and take away its voice. I mean, I know it's a silly analogy, but truly our body works that way. So the more you introduce these sweet things in any form, it's not as much about the hormonal response. It's not as much about the potential side effects, although there are potential side effects that we truly don't yet understand because they are new on the scene. But really, it's more about your behavior. And so if this is something you're concerned about, I suggest doing an elimination test. And I think that the kind of the perfect amount of time to do it is for three weeks, right? And that's why you see a lot, of, a lot of detox programs that have that length of time. But even if you do it for a week or two, cut out all sweet things, all sugars, natural and artificial, and monitor your biofeedback. Monitor your progress towards your fat loss goals, but also monitor your hunger your cravings, your mood, your quality of sleep, and see what changes there are. I would bet you that if you succeed in making it through three weeks without any sweeteners, chemical, natural, or otherwise, you will experience fewer cravings for them. But not everybody needs to do that, okay? I have done that at a number of points throughout my journey. If I feel like my cravings are getting out in front of me and I'm really struggling and I'm having to harness a lot of willpower to not like dive into ice cream every day, then I will do a sugar detox. That is important to me. I've done it for as much as six months and it is really important to me. I recently uh, interviewed Tim Bauer, who lost over 220 pounds, and he has gone several years now without ever introducing sugar in any form, natural or otherwise, because of the intensity of what he felt was a true addiction. Now, at this point, what I do is I do use stevia on occasion, and I've, I've talked about that very, very straightforward, right? I will sometimes add it to my coffee. I will sometimes add it to an avocado to make my um, raw cocoa and avocado mousse. I will use it sparingly, but I pay very close attention to how it impacts my cravings and my energy and my mood and all of those things. If I feel like I'm not uh, satisfying my hunger with my meals or I'm having a hard time with satiety in general, the first change that I'm going to make is cutting out these non-nutritive sweeteners because I know that they can impact our satiety. So the bottom line is this listen to your body. When you have lower amounts of sugar or sweeteners of any kind in your diet, you will experience fewer cravings and you will be on a better trajectory towards health. You do not need sugar sweeteners of any kind in your body. Your body can get energy from other sources and you don't need it. Now, if you want it, Great, go for it. I would recommend you always move towards natural versus processed, keeping in mind that most things are processed to some degree. So if you want to be a purist, truly be a purist, but don't be an alarmist and don't be a hypocrite, right? Because, I mean, why? It's a waste of energy, right? It's a total waste of energy. If you are somebody who is starting out on your journey, You need to decide if you want to do the slow and gradual approach and focus first on a really fat loss friendly breakfast and then a really fat loss friendly lunch and keep these sweeteners, artificial or otherwise, in your diet because it helps you stay on track, absolutely positively go for it. If you feel like one of your major barriers is a true sugar addiction, then maybe you need to break free from that and have a clean cut from sweeteners of any kind, artificial, non-nutritive, natural, etc. cetera. The bottom line, and I keep saying this, but I really want to emphasize it because there are so many questions, is to listen to your body and know what works for you and understand that what works for you now might not be the case a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. Much of the research on artificial sweeteners is crap and has been proven to be crap. A lot of the good research is either inconclusive or favors safety, but these are new on the scene, so we truly do not know the long-term impact. And you will always be serving yourself more to choose whole unprocessed items over processed. So this isn't meant to be wishy-washy. It's just meant to be unbiased. Because I totally could have come on here and done some alarmist thing on all sugars everywhere and made you feel like unless you're eating Brussels sprouts and boiled chicken or fish, you're screwed. But it's not true. It's not necessary. And everybody is going to progress at their own rate and move along this spectrum of wellness at their own pace, and that's perfectly okay. Listen to your body and let your body guide you, and if you are concerned, then just avoid them because you don't need them, and you'll probably feel better without them. So I hope that helps. If you're looking for very specific strategies or more information, do check out the Carb Strategies course that is brand new. Remember, if you're one of the first hundred people to register, you get the course lifetime access and daily access to me for only $49 compared to the regular course price, which is $79. And you can find out more information and get registered for that by going to primalpotential.com hitting the podcast tab on the homepage and looking at the show notes for this episode, uh, which will be in order of, whenever you're listening to this, this episode will be the, it will be in order of when they launched. Or you can just search artificial sweeteners in the search box and this show notes page will pop right up. So guys, listen to your bodies. Be judicious in the type of information that you consume and know what you need. What you need is going to be different from your neighbor, from your spouse, from your friend, from whomever, from me. So listen to your body and know what you need. Feel free to reach out with questions. Definitely check out the e-course. It's going to walk you through step by step the most impactful strategies for carbohydrates, fruit, beans, wheat, alcohol, artificial sweeteners for lasting fat loss. So, stay in touch and until next time, stay healthy. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.